This is the Colorado Springs LGBTQ Oral History Project. Um, my name is Zara Cheeseman. I use she, her pronouns. I'm from England and I'm a first year studying at Colorado College, so I, ha I haven't declared my major yet, although I'm thinking um, of majoring in maths, which must be familiar to you. Um, I will be asking the questions for the first part of the interview. Okay. Um, I'm really looking forward to hearing all about your stories. Okay. Awesome, I'll go next. Hi y'all, my name is Avi Haley. I use she, her, her pronouns. I'm a fourth year, which means I'm a senior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So close, girl. <laughs> so close. <laughs> so close. I wish it was a little closer. Um, majoring in feminist and gender studies with a minor in education. So that's what I hope to pursue in the future. Um, honestly, I'm just super excited to do this with y'all because I just love like oral history projects and especially with people in my own community. I just like learning from my elders, gaining wisdom. And so I'm just super excited to do this and originally from New York, so a ways from home you for are. sure. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's me. I'm Sarah Shepherd. Um, I use she her pronouns. I'm from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Okay. Um you missing your winter time right now? Not too not much. At we all. just got like a foot of snow, so I'm okay with it. Um, so I'll be taking notes today. Okay. Um, I'm a first year at CC. Um, so I haven't declared my major yet. I'm thinking about maybe environmental studies. Um, but yeah, thank you both so much cool. for having us at your home today. Absolutely. I can't wait to hear all your stories. Oh, I'm Pam Jones, now Draper. Um, since we were legally able to marry, I decided to uh, change my name to Juliet's family name. Um, I was married before to my uh, daughter's dad, but I kept my name because his name was very hard to spell and pronounce. <laughs> and uh, I guess I'd say that I'm retired. I had a store in old Colorado City from 1980 to 1997 a body care product store. And um, I'd been retired pretty much maybe 10 years or so. That's it? That's it for now. What are your pronouns, Miss Thing? <laughs> <laughs> if you feel comfortable. Her Majesty. <laughs> hey, sweet. Your Highness. Your Everyone Highness. calls me Your Majesty, so. Mm -hmm. But yeah, her is fine. Mm -hmm. Where are you originally from? Jamaica, West Indies. Wow. Yep. Why are you here? So the queen is yeah. on, so the queen is on my money. Yeah. The queen, yes. queen Elizabeth is on our money. Uh -huh. I was feeling it. I saw the locks. I'm just starting my journey, and I was like, I see this. Yep. I see oh, yeah. Happening. Yep. Well, my name is Juliet Draper, and I'm originally from Cleveland, Ohio. She, her, hers, Miss Thanks, Sister Cookie. <laughs> um. Let's see, I've been here, I got here in Colorado in so January 91 with Uncle Sugar, the Army. I came here in the Army and um, been here ever since. Wow. So, what else, did I miss anything? Mm-mm. You got it. Did I get yeah. it? Yeah. Okay. 
I do have one follow-up question. Yes, we're just like um, addressing y'all in the interview. What are the names you preferred? We can do Her Majesty. <laughs> that. Or we can do Captain Draper, like whatever y'all feel comfortable. Juliet is fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and Pam is fine. Okay, thank you. That just wanted to double check. Okay, and so I think you both mentioned where you're from. Mm -hmm. Can you give us some like background of your childhood if you'd like to? Um, I am the daughter, great niece, and sister of Pentecostal bishops. So I came from an extremely religious family where going to church five, six times a week, wow. um, particularly in Jamaica. I left Jamaica in 1966 when I was 12. They were very much more like, you would say, the, the Amish or the Mennonites in terms of dress and general philosophy. So I think that background is a big part of me, even though I started identifying as an atheist when I was like 10 and um, did study religion and philosophy when I went to college and identified as an atheist <laughs> after that. And pretty much continue to. Um, what was the question? Man, what was your childhood like? Yeah, my childhood was extremely strict. That's all I can say. We weren't allowed to dance. Um, clothing had to be here, here, and here. The marriage and having a family, like heterosexual marriage and having a family was pretty much your goal goal as a woman. I did come from a family who was educated, so education was important to my parents, even although it wasn't really important to the, ch to the particular church. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. So what was, what was the adjustment like when you came from Jamaica? You can't imagine. Mm -hmm. uh, it was shocking. Mm -hmm. um, we didn't have television, so we're talking 1966 in a, I guess, I don't know if we'd call it a third world country, developing country. There were people who had television, but we didn't have any of that. And so I just pretty much had my school, which was a religious school, was a Pentecostal school, the church, um, our friends. And the most shocking thing for me is that the only white person that I had seen was like Dick Tracy comics where he was white <laughs> and once Princess Anne came to Jamaica mm -hmm. and so in my mind there were only black people in the world like then I show up at JFK at 12 years old mm -hmm. um, the, the airport and looked around and that was the absolute first time that I knew that there were like a lot of white people in the <laughs> world <laughs> and it was pretty shocking. Um, my parents lived in a neighborhood that when they moved in people moved out so we were the only black family in this neighborhood in Syracuse, New York where my father was the bishop of a church 
And my brother and I were the only two black people that went to the school. And um, I got called a lot of names, like Tootsie Roll, um, nigger, which I'd never heard before, came home and told my mom that someone called me a nigger, what does it mean? And her response was, white people are stupid. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the only thing she ever said about it. And we just moved on. And um, I escaped to the library. And I met this librarian. Her name was um, Mrs. Weingarten, a Jewish woman. And she introduced me to banned books, like books that I was not supposed mm -hmm. to read. She introduced me to... Nietzsche and all the different philosophers and um, she figured out that I was pretty smart and she actually did this application for a private school that was outside of Syracuse that had like 200 students from kindergarten to 12th grade and I got a full scholarship and went to that school for high school. So a bad thing turned into a really good thing. That's amazing. Yeah, she was amazing. Uh -huh. So was that private school? I guess that was predominantly white as well. Yes, but it was also international. Okay. And it's it was it was a military academy called Manus Military Academy, and then there was a private school called Pebble Hill. And the year I went, they merged, mm -hmm. and so there was like a five to one ratio of male to female. And they had um, a 13th grade that was for student athletes who hadn't done well enough to go to the college. And they would come there to get like, like credit recovery type thing. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, it was predominantly white and super wealthy. The people who went there super wealthy. I mean, it was, if you think about it, 19... $69, a year. That's a lot of money. That's still a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so she changed my life. That's amazing. Did you enjoy that school? I enjoyed studying, mm -hmm. and I still do. Mm -hmm. So I'm mostly a student of life. Yeah. It was hard. You know, you only had, we had like three to six people in any class. So you couldn't really get away with anything. Mm -hmm. And um, I just dove in, wow. loved it. And how come you ended up moving to the Springs? I came with my daughter's father. Yes. His family was from Syracuse, New York, Salve actually outside of Syracuse. Wow. And I met him in 1975. Then I graduated and I actually went to Harvard for like three months. I had a full scholarship to get my doctorate in philosophy and theology. I dropped out after like three months and came out here with him to visit some friends. His other kids were living here, fell in love with Manitou, but was planning to continue graduate school. So we, he wanted to live in the Northwest. So we went out to like Eugene, Oregon and checked that out, like too much rain. And we went to Seattle, visited some friends there. 
and decided to come back to where the sun was just shining and it just happened to be Colorado. So we stayed and I never went back to graduate school. Need something there, darling? Oh yeah, I just um, iPhone's not built that great. I know they overheat in the sun, okay. so yeah. I'm just gonna move it to the shade, okay. so it'll keep. It's very hot. Yeah. That's amazing that you can use that as an audio. Yeah. You can use yours too. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if I burn in this heat. Uh, so, uh, do we have any? I don't think we have any sunscreen, do we? Oh. Don't worry, I think the UV will hopefully be low, okay. <laughs> low oh, enough, yeah. It's higher here, actually, because yeah, the ozone's depleted and the Far from sea level. Is there shade? Yeah. Is there shade from the tree in the sun, or is that gone? Um, in the in the in front. The front? We, we could probably sit up there. Let me take a look. Do you want to check by. it out? I'm, I'm okay. You sure? Are you sure? Yeah, yeah, I'm okay. sure? I'm sure. Um, Juliet, do you want to talk about your childhood? Sure. Yeah. Let's see, my childhood, I am one of two. I have a younger sister. Uh -huh. um, we were both adopted. So, as a matter of fact, on my mom's side of the family, all of us are adopted. Her and her sisters had a lot of reproductive issues, and so, you know, all the families got two kids each, you know, and, you know, back in the day, it was, you know, it cost money, you know, so you pay, That's you write a check. Is. And you know you go to the pound, the, the pound, and then pick your puppy, you know, kind of a thing. And so, but we always knew our parents. My mom specifically, you know, she used to tell us, you know, adopted children are special because they were chosen. And I'm like, okay, so you went through all of them, and you went, with, okay, I got it, I got it. <laughs> so we, we, you know, and none of us have ever sought uh, bio families. You know, it's like we got this, this is enough, we're cool, okay. Um, let's see, and I had a pretty, my upbringing was very similar to Pam's. I have deacons and elders in my family, you know, and so we went to church, we did church a couple times a week, sang in the choir, my grandmother's taught Sunday school, you know, I have an uncle that's a preacher, my dad's a deacon, he's an elder now because he's old, but um, we spent a lot of time at church, um, and Ours, we didn't have instrumental music, so it was all a cappella, mm -hmm. Church of Christ. And, you know, pretty strict um, parameters for what women can do. And that was the thing. I can remember being a little kid and thinking to myself, well, how come he get to get up there and talk? He's stupid. I talk way better than him. He's dumb. But, you know, but, you know the, the message was that the best thing that you could do as a woman in the church is reproduce and take care of your husband. And I was just like, for real? You know, and I was I was really offended by that. I was offended by the fact that I had to, I couldn't go outside and play with the with my little neighborhood friends, you know, because we had to get our hair pressed and, you know, and there's all this drama around, you know, not sweating your hair back, because, you know, and I'm just like, I just want to go play. Mm -hmm. You know, and they talk about God being this all loving no matter what you do, but you have to wear certain clothing and you have to behave a certain way. And it just didn't make sense. You know, so um, I can, I, Pam says she's an atheist. I'm a Julietist. You know, it's like I do me, you do you. I'm not going to mess with you. You don't mess with me. All is well. <laughs> you know, and so, um, but, you know, as a young person, it was, it was a challenge. And, you know, like Pam, I did a lot of library time. I love reading. I still love reading and, you know, learned a lot of stuff about a lot of different things and 
you know, I came out pretty young. I was probably 14. And, um, you know, that was all, that was a lot of drama. I ended up having to leave home. You know, my parents, my mother told me, she was like, well, if you can't live by our rules, you got to go. And I was like, late, you know, I was gone. And I had a girlfriend and we found an apartment and I had a job at a coffee house and we kind of lived our life. And, but, and, you know, I was also, you know, way into drugs and alcohol. And so, you know, things, <laughs> Pam was saying, first time she went back to my hometown, from where I came to where I ended up, and you could see every time we moved, the socioeconomic neighborhood, everything would kind of decline, you know, directly in proportion to what I was smoking and drinking at the time, you know. And so, um, you know, it was, I decided to join the Army. I wanted to join the Army, and I dropped out of high school, so then I had to go back to day school because I couldn't afford night school, and... I got my GED, but at the time, women could not join the military with a GED. You had to have a high school diploma. And even though I had, you know, I scored like a 98 on ASVAB and Armed Services Vocational Aptitude Battery Test, the test you take to decide what your job is, and, but I didn't have a diploma, and they were like, I'm sorry. And I, I was so pissed. So then I went back to day school, and it's really weird to be 21, 22 years old, sitting in the classroom, 14, 15 year old. <laughs> but that's what I had to do in order to get my, my high school diploma. And so, you know, it was a trip. And I went to rehab when I was a youngster. My parents came and kidnapped me from school and sent me to rehab when I was about 17. And, you know, and that was the thing that introduced me to the recovery scene, because that's a scene. You know, there's like the 12-step scene. And you know the meetings and the, the jargon and the hangouts and all this sort of stuff so you know I kind of had that in my back pocket for my future I didn't know that that that's what was happening but that's what happened and um, but I, I got in the army and in the army I met her majesty yeah. And we were at, it was really strange because I was at a 12 step, I was at an AA meeting, a gay AA meeting at the Unitarian Church. I think you're farther along than the question. Oh, I'm sorry. No, you're okay. great. <laughs> Keep going. You're doing great. Okay. Well, that's like a joint. That's like a joint. That's where we come together. Yeah, that's where uh -huh. we come together. <laughs> so we was at the, the Unitarian Church back in 1992 when the whole. Amendment 2 thing happened. You guys know what that is? Of course. Well, you gotta ask. I'm sorry, a lot of people guys. don't know. <laughs> um, and so there was a, a thing at the Unitarian Church, and normally the gay AA meeting on Friday was in the basement, and there'd be seven, eight cars there, and this time I pulled up and I'm like, what are, what are all these cars out here? What's the deal? The parking lot was packed, people parking on the street. So I go in, and in the sanctuary area, they were having some kind of rally, yeah. and was it Troy Perry? Yep, was there speaking? Do you and know who he is? He's the yeah. um, founder of the MCC Church. Okay, that's it. Yeah, mm -hmm. and he was he was here doing a political rally because the vote for Amendment Two was coming up. Mm -hmm. And I looked in the back. I was back there, and I'm like, damn, where are, who are all these people? And I noticed the back of her head because she had dreads at the time. And I thought to myself, hmm, I wonder who the dread is. And as I said that, she turned around. Because <laughs> we were the only two black people in the place. I mean, it's Colorado Springs. Come on, y'all. Yeah. And I'm looking, there's a guy next to me. I'm like, do you know her? Who is that person? She's waving at me? Oh, okay. 
And after the event was over, we hooked up in the parking lot and chit-chatted and she gave me her card and I came and visited her the next day and and then things evolved. Yep, 30 years <laughs> ago. Yeah, yeah. March is yeah. our 30th anniversary. Wow. What yeah. day? I'm a March baby, so I'm 25th. Like, oh, the 29th. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> So what happened then? You met, you obviously got on oh, very well. And then how well, did, how we were both go? dating other people at the time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. I had, a, I had. okay, so I'm 14 years older than Juliet. Okay. Mm -hmm. And um, the original cougar. Yeah, the original <laughs> cougar. Oh, see. And I had a girlfriend that actually was a senior at CC. Pimpin' ain't it. So, <laughs> she was 30, let's see, I think I was maybe 35. Something like that. When she and I met, and maybe she was like 21 or 20 or something like that. And she was the first woman that I would say that I fell in love with so I kind of describe myself as bi mm -hmm. but if I have to be honest if someone like goes oh the, um refers to us as like two lesbians I actually feel more straight yeah. than I do anything which is can be really confusing <laughs> <laughs> for people so the majority you know, for me, the majority of the time, if I'm, let's say, in the world or whatever, I'm attracted to someone, it's going to be a man. And maybe one out of a hundred, or probably even less than that, it would be a woman. So, I feel like a straight girl. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Pretty much. Do. And she, found the perfect woman. she did exactly, <laughs> exactly, and and uh, I mean Lisa had some similar kind of care, kind of characteristics in terms of being more um, androgynous, mm -hmm. and yeah, so she was cute. So really? I like, so I like that. Um, I just thought we were gonna be friends. She had a, she had a girlfriend that lived in Cleveland she was in the military we met we both left to dance we both left to eat ribs same. <laughs> yeah <laughs> two like really major things and um I don't know I just thought for actually first at least we were both there together and I was just like is that a dude because I had no clue she was in jeans, like a bike leather jacket, mm -hmm. um, kind of like that Grace Jones flat top mm -hmm. haircut, and super muscular. And it wasn't until we like met in the back that I was just like, okay, that's a, that's a chick. <laughs> <laughs> and we just, I just thought, wow, somebody to hang out with somebody to go to um, stuff with uh -huh. like a black person in my life uh -huh. that is part of the community because actually during that time when this whole movement started like I'd say pretty big like 1990 where 
Elise and I went to Pride in Denver. There was like 300 people there. To 1992, 1993, when you went to Pride and there was like 100,000 oh, yeah. people Denver there. Was huge. And it was just this gigantic jump that for me had a lot to do with when like you're okay, you're like hanging out in the closet, like I know a lot of people just kind of hanging out in the closet, no big deal. And then someone like puts their foot down and then everyone like went, whoa, mm -hmm. like, no, you can't take away our, you know, right to rent an apartment and we're not going to let you do this. And so that movement was just like huge. But within the active community, in terms of going to any kind of rally or yeah. anything, I was usually in a room of 300 people, mm -hmm. the only black person, mm -hmm. which was seriously frustrating. Mm -hmm. So the first thing when I looked, I was just like, whoa. <laughs> you know, like, hi, girl, hi. It was, like, it was more like someone to march with. Right. And um, because at the time, I thought she was there for the same the same event as me and uh and i'm also recovering and so we had that in common and we both thought that we both like white girls <laughs> so i didn't even think she was attracted to me and i didn't even think about her like in that way for months no, in some water it always starts as friends. That's what mm -hmm. they say. Marry best friends. Mm -hmm. So you kind of, I mean, obviously you had so much common ground. Mm -hmm. You just kind of hung out as mm -hmm. friends, spent yeah. time together, and then it just kind of... It evolved. It evolved. Yeah, well, yeah. Lisa was always, she was always breaking up with me. Ugh. And... Heartbreaking. Yeah, <laughs> like, you know, I'd go up to visit, like in Boulder. And, and the thing is, I'd been divorced. I was getting divorced, separated from Chantal's dad. And I got involved with, with another guy, and I was like, when we were getting involved, and it was like, you know, I want to marry you, like, people are always trying to marry me, and I was just like, hold up, I need for you to know that I'm not straight, not straight straight, and that now that I'm not married, if I ever have these feelings again for for a same gender person, I'm going to pursue it. And he was like, great, <laughs> great. Sign me up. <laughs> Do that. Yeah, until it happened. And um, so, you know, I was really kind of still trying to be um, independent, like live on my own. I hadn't really I just had not had a time where I didn't have some kind of a love relationship and more than one most of the time. So I was just looking to hang out. And we both made assumptions and I think it was like six months later, I think in that February. So we met in October, the election, the election um, was probably two weeks after that and Lisa broke up with me probably two times 
and she broke up with me again like in February. She really struggled with that I was bisexual and how I was with with men was really hard for her. But she's like 20, <laughs> you know? I'm 35, so I can understand where she struggled, but it's just always, she always thought that I was like gonna be leaving for a man. Mm -hmm. I think that was kind of how that was. Yeah, it's tricky. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I invited her to spend the night, and it meant I invited Juliet to spend the night because she was at Fort Carson, the firefighter, working those 24 hour shifts. We'd gone out, it was late. I'm like, you know, why don't you spend the night and then in the morning, blah, blah, blah. And that was pretty much it. <laughs> That's how it went down. Yeah. Here it is, right here. And I was, <laughs> and I was just, know. I was pacing. Like, I really didn't know that I felt what I was feeling. Mm -hmm. And I tucked her off in my daughter's bed, in Chantel's bed. Because Chantel was out of town. And I just, like, was pacing, like, back and forth. And then it was just like, oh, my God. I, you know... I'm really attracted to her. Package. Yep. <laughs> yep. Hits you like a truck sometimes. Huh? Like it hits you like a truck sometimes. Yeah. Like yeah. It's out of nowhere. Yeah. Yep. 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 I, I think you mentioned like the community, especially around um, Amendment um, 2. Mm -hmm. What was it like in Coro Springs? I know you mentioned it about uh, bit being predominantly white. And, mm -hmm. but how did that like evolve? And how... How did you fit in the community, kind of, well, when you came here? Can you give me some water, yes, baby? Yeah, some, some good? No, Landon on lip goo. Lip goo. Do you guys need any lip stuff? I'm all right. Okay. <laughs> You're going to get yeah. a tan yeah. today. Yeah. I'm going to take some water while I'm here now. Is it getting hot? Do we need? We have like a couple of pillows or a or a pillowcase or. They just gotta be in the shade. That's all. I know. You know. Normally there is a shade, but the leaves fell out of the tree. That's fall. It was a weird fall this year. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. We, we call it like a week of fall. I know. Like, it's like it's way dry. Because like in New York, you see the valleys just like change, and it's mm -hmm. beautiful, and it's crazy. And here, it's just like there were leaves, and then there were no yeah. leaves. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like that here, mm -hmm. just semi-arid. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be excited to go back to a humid environment when we move next yeah. year. I miss that the most. Yeah. Maybe so do I. The weather here is very different to in England. <laughs> oh, I know. Yes, I miss the rain. <laughs> Really? Yeah, I do. I, it, and the moisture. Weather. It pours. Yes, it does pour. It's like raining mm -hmm. all the time. And I love that. Though. Yeah. You'd be good in the Northwest. Ooh, yeah. I don't love rain all the time, but I also don't like when they have to, when you can't water your garden. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, we need some rain. Thank you, doll. You're welcome. Um, do you, has anyone talked about the origins of Amendment 2? How that came into being there was a guy his name was Will Perkins and he was the owner of Perkins Auto 
Perkins motor, the one that's yes. still yes. here. Yes. Don't Perk tell me that. Yes. I'm service my car. Now <laughs> yes. Well, he was. He was. He's the main guy for the dealership. No, so he was, he's, he's the owner. The, yeah, he's the kingpin. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure he's still alive. I don't think he is. But he ended up on a committee in the city, like a human rights committee, where nothing about LGBT was involved. And he decided in this committee mm -hmm. to write some kind of a paper to take away the rights. He called it religious freedom, but it was to take away the rights of gay people. So religious freedom to not hire you because you're gay. Religious freedom to not rent to you because you're gay. And that was just this one dude who started this entire thing, which then turned out to be this great thing. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. Because yeah. it woke people woke up. up. Yeah. So it started right here. Yes, it did. And, and Pastor Ted, uh, uh, the one that got caught with the with the with the with the dude. Yeah. Ted. Ted. New Life Church. Yeah. Do you guys remember him? His name was his last name. I can't remember his name. Yeah, I know that's right. I know you talked about, but like, yeah, the names are so there's so yeah. many so many generic white names. You got with a man, a prostitute. We can look we can look that up because yeah, he was really important. So that was that one guy that just decided to start this thing, and then you know up until that point, there as I said, there were lots of people not out of the closet, but not talking about it. There were, we would you know, go someplace and go dancing and some of the dances would take place like in Poor Richard, Richard Scormans, mm -hmm. in, the, in the back. That's where she and I went dancing because there wasn't a club mm -hmm. in 1992 to go dancing. Mm -hmm. But he would allow dancing there mm -hmm. and the Unitarian Church allowed yeah. dancing there and that that was our social life mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden we're hearing this stuff like coming from this guy and <clears throat> Tim Gill Gill Foundation mm -hmm. you guys know about Tim Gill he's a he um quark he was the guy who and I would say invented quark which I guess is some kind of a Microsoft type thing. Mm -hmm. He's he's a gay guy. So he immediately, the only thing that was going on at that time was the Southern Colorado AIDS Project, mm -hmm. SCAP. Mm -hmm. And so in, I wouldn't even call that politics. Mm -hmm. In terms of getting together to do anything LGBT, it was usually around that. Mm -hmm. So then all of a sudden, people are getting together and going, this guy is trying to make it so we can't work, we can't rent, and it just it just grew from there. Mm -hmm. So, do you think the sense of community between people was strengthened? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. There was no community before. Yeah, there was just a few getting out, you know, going dancing, and somebody would have a soiree at their house, yeah. or somebody would, you know, the. Unitarians, hey, we got a Saturday free. You guys want to do your thing or whatever, yeah. and you know. But the whole Amendment Two thing completely yeah. changed the face of the community here. 
And literally, literally, um, as I said, 1990, you know, you had the Denver Community Center and the 300 people at the Pride. I'm not joking. Mm -hmm. And Lisa and I went up. I've always kind of been a political animal or someone who gets involved in the community and works for, for change. Mm -hmm. And so it was like, yeah, let's go to that. And we had good people. Mm -hmm. And people just got really angry mm -hmm. and just stood up, started coming out everywhere in the springs. And this is not going to happen. Tim Gill put a million dollars into fighting this amendment and won. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep, it's so, a couple of years. Mm -hmm. So what did the community look like? So it was a lot about activism, was it? Where no, before, before Amendment 2, there was just nothing. People were working. Kind of, we all accepted that we were going to be second-class <laughs> We weren't going to be, you know, like ever get married, so don't even think about that. We were just going to be together. I was, I was self-employed at a business in old Colorado City, and so I didn't really have to think about it in terms of having to go someplace to work and having someone find out and, and fire me. And that was kind of how things were, where everyone was under the radar just trying just to survive. Mm -hmm. It was and also Don't Ask, Don't Tell was mm -hmm. at the same time. Yeah. And, you know, everybody knew, at least, you know, for at least for my job, you yeah. know, I was a firefighter in the Army, and I was the only female on the fire department. And those boys, bless their soul, they, they're good boys, you know, they didn't quite know what to do with me when I first got there, but, you know, you just learn how to maneuver, and, you know, somebody used a, a, an inappropriate word, you know, now, Cooter, you can't say that, okay, I love you, but, you know, you ain't gonna love you, you need to watch your mouth. And, you know, kind of having those lessons and stuff, but when I, I got deployed, and Pam got on the list to get a free phone call. Yep. Because everybody knew her. She came to the station and brought mm -hmm. cookies, and we were buying this house, and we were, you know, she'd come, come, come to the station and be like, well, so-and-so-and-so-and-so, we got to fix such-and-such-and-such-and-such. Well, gal, one of my guys, well, gal, you need yourself a jigsaw for that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and they bring a jigsaw, you know, and, you know, they helped us out a lot, you know, and but we were just living, you know. There yeah. was no, and that was during Don't Ask, Don't Tell, and I wasn't telling, and wasn't nobody asking, but everybody knew. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, I think that has more to do with just being who, whoever it is that you are. You know, and this is my spouse, and she comes in, and she knew all the boys by name, and, you know, hey, Rodney, what's going on? How's your kid? Is he, is he doing okay in the Sheriff's Academy? That's great. So, you know, you have conversation and interaction, just like anybody else, you know, and it just, it, it just is, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? There's, no, there's nothing to say. This is us, and this is our life. Done. Yeah. You know? And before that, the only community really that I would say was really around AIDS prevention and taking care of the people who had AIDS and making sure that organization had what it needed. Mm -hmm. And that's where the community the, energy was. Yeah, mm -hmm. and and the Pikes Peak Gay and Lesbian 
Center, mm -hmm. PPGLC. Yeah, yeah. something like that. That started like early 90s. Mm -hmm. The Inside Out Youth Group, which is here, mm -hmm. that started early 90s. I mean, Will Perkins doing what he did made people it start like everything else mm -hmm. because that was just like, that was him going too far. Mm -hmm. And people just had their friends that they hung out with and you know, here you have like golf. Yeah. <laughs> the women who play golf. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Nothing wrong with golf. Have you all been to Top Golf yet? Yeah, no. <laughs> but like the golf people would hang out together, uh -huh. and you had you know the the runners yeah. and the butterflies um, and yeah. yeah. I worked at the the first abortion clinic that was in Colorado Springs in um, 1978, mm -hmm. the Women's Health Service Clinic, and it was like a... It was the healthcare lesbians. Yeah, it was healthcare. <laughs> the nurses most, and doctors that were yeah, lesbians. Most, mostly lesbians, uh -huh. and, um, you know, so people would meet for that reason, mm -hmm. but people did not get together to push any kind of rights mm -hmm. until someone tried to gank away the rights mm -hmm. that we had, which was basically kind of like a don't ask, don't tell. Mm -hmm. And we were like comfortable in that. Mm -hmm. Very comfortable, very comfortable. But then it was easier for the straight people. It's like, you know, and so what? That's my buddy, that's my homie, yep. that's my friend, that's my, you know, that's mm -hmm. the guy that works at the King Supers. And people just, you know, either they gave a shit or they didn't. But, you know, it just, nobody felt like they had to bang a gavel or anything. You right. Know, it just do what it do. So, yeah, it was loose. Mm -hmm. It was a very, very loose community. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you being in the Army, from what you say, like, half of the, half of the women are lesbians. Mm -hmm. I'd say that. Hardly any men are out. Yep. Um... You just, we were all just kind of doing our thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and we were forced <laughs> to get up and growl. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and we would have stayed there if, if old boy had just kept his mouth shut. That's all him. Yeah. Completely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's why they call this Ground Zero. Is because it literally started here with one person. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the Vatican, the Vatican of fundamentalism, mm -hmm. because at that time, because of one secretary that worked in the city, 77 organizations, faith Christian, faith-based organizations, organizations, mostly Christian, yeah. are centered here. Which and one person free. gave, you know, incentives mm -hmm. to get that to happen. And before that, like Manitou Springs, Old Colorado City, it was really more like people minded. Everyone, you weren't best buddies, but people minded their business. Mm -hmm. And so you can have, you know, you'd have your Republican friends mm -hmm. and your Democrat friends and the you bikers know. and the witches yeah. and the hippies. Okay. And, and Chantel's dad is like six foot three, blonde hair, blue eyed. Mm -hmm. You know, so we were dealing more with what that meant, mm -hmm. you know, in, in the community. Mm -hmm. It was interesting. Quite. 
But then even after people started getting together to rally and go out to vote, I had a store in Old Colorado City and I put a sign in my window. Mm -hmm. Was it no one too? Yeah, it mm -hmm. was no one too. Mm -hmm. And someone shot out my window, my big picture window. And of course the police tried to tell me it was a coincidence. Mm -hmm. It was the only window with the sign. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, so right before the election that happened, um, Chantal, my daughter, she was nine at the time, and I mean, she was petrified, and one of her friends outed her on the school bus, <laughs> and because some other people, other Confused. kids were talking about how bad gay people were, and and her friend, I can't remember her name. Was it, it wasn't Ashley, was it? No, it wasn't Ashley. And she said, no, they're not, because Chantel's mom is gay, and she's not like that. <laughs> wow. She's trying to do the right thing. It she's is. trying to stand yeah. up. She was trying. Bless her little soul. Yeah. So Chantel was nervous um, to go back to school. Mm -hmm. We stayed home a couple of days, and then I had to go in and tell the teachers. Mm -hmm. This is 1992, tell the principal, tell the teachers. Mm -hmm. And it was that same kind of a situation where, this was before 92, because I was still with Lisa at that time. Mm -hmm. um, and I met Lisa in 88. So during that period of time, if someone wanted to spend the night at your house, right? Because I would end up pretending at my house or pretty much anywhere else mm -hmm. that I wasn't doing what I was doing. Mm -hmm. We would have to go tell the parents. We'd have to go out ourselves to keep ourselves from getting in any kind of trouble mm -hmm. with somebody's parents and what people thought it meant, you know, to not be straight, which meant you were a pedophile. Mm -hmm. That's kind of the general attitude. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and so... Was that Angel who we had to go talk to the mothers and they were gay? Yes! <laughs> Chantal had a friend who kept coming over and she kept asking like a lot of questions uh -huh. like, are you best friends? <laughs> you know how eight or nine year olds yeah. are. Yeah. Where do you sleep? <laughs> are you sisters? <laughs> <laughs> and she would leave it on like, Oh my God, because we were all feeling scared. Mm -hmm. We were scared back then. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh my God. But you also want to protect your daughter, mm -hmm. you know? And, and. So we went down there. Yeah, we marched down. <laughs> and both she, her mom had a roommate. Uh -huh. And we were just like, well, there's something that we need to tell you before <laughs> your daughter comes to spend mm -hmm. the night for the weekend. Mm -hmm is that we are we're a couple we're yeah. a couple mm -hmm. and you know we're affectionate around the household mm -hmm. like we're not going to do anything crazy right. but we just need for you to not be surprised and they had been prompting her to ask us questions <laughs> <laughs> because they were having the same thoughts okay. so i mean can you imagine yeah. feeling that nervous mm -hmm. You know, I don't know if people still feel like that, mm -hmm. but people still feel like yes. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was that was pretty 
interesting. That was pretty interesting. And then she went back to school and, you know, the teachers kind of kept an eye out. She mm -hmm. stayed in for recess for a couple of days. and But she was scared mm -hmm. that we were going to, that the day after November 3rd, our landlord was going to be able to kick us out. Mm -hmm. And, you know, where are we going to live? That kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what was the reaction um, of, like, the parents of the children and the teachers? Were they all... Yeah, the teachers were pretty good. Um, I don't know if we ever had... It was any. like a protection. I mean, for me, what I wanted was for Chantal not to be, nervous, be yeah. injured mm -hmm. right. at school because of that. Mm -hmm. And I, I felt like they were open to protecting, mm -hmm. to protecting her. Mm -hmm. um, we never had a parent. And I think, I think what happens when your kids know that they're in a fringe type dangerous situation mm -hmm. is that they actually pick more carefully. They do. And they're more aware, aware of, of yeah. who Who's cool and who Who's, ain't Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think because Chantel chose people that were like, okay. You know, if you really sat down to talk to them, you know, chances are they were, you know, we, we don't condone this, but, mm -hmm. you know, we're not going to take it out on an eight-year-old yeah. <laughs> you know, or something like that. Mm -hmm. So I, I felt like she was really good about that. One of the things that I didn't do though until after, and I did get in trouble within the within the LGBT community, was she didn't choose this, and I didn't want to be like all over the newspaper and TV while she was in school because I didn't want her to have to deal with that because I wanted her to get a full scholarship to Colorado College. <laughs> Instead of being worried about, you know, what it is that I decided to do. And, um, you know, people had stuff to say about it. And I'm just like, my daughter is black. <laughs> okay. So, and she's the only black one in this movement. She has enough on her plate. Living in Colorado Springs as a biracial as a biracial woman, and I'm just not going to add anything else to it. And, you know, when she's gone, then I get to do whatever I want. So, so what's the community like now? Are you still scared to talk about this openly, or not? Or is it completely different? Uh, child, I'm too old. I'm, you know. Yeah, but you're in the fire department, which yeah. is pretty... You should Very tell them about what happened with Amendment oh, 2, yeah, with, the, with them all being Republicans, yeah. with Will Perkins coming to yeah. the fire department. Well, I, I, let's see, I worked at Fire Station 1. It's downtown. It's the main the head shed. The headquarters was there and everything. And, and Will Perkins, they called him the anti-Chrysler. <laughs> <laughs> he had a Chrysler dealership. And so the LGBT people were like, oh, the anti-Chrysler. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so he, came, he decided to come over to the station and politic, you know, during this whole thing. And um, I was coming to work and my guys, and they're all my guys, all of them, you know. And so I'm coming up the stairs and Big Rick was like, you don't want to go in there. You don't want to go in there. You, you, don't, you don't want to go in there. And I'm like, what the, what's, what's going on? That goddamn guy, that son of a bitch, he's up here. 
Rick. Oh, let me see. And so I go in there and he's and Perkins is sitting at the table and he brought him donuts and he's chit chatting, you know, and you know, and, and there's like three or four of them sitting at the table with Perkins and the rest of them are in the hallway just being mad. You know. I'm like, y'all, it's cool. It's it's okay. It's like, this is bullshit. But it's like they know me. And, you know, we take care of each other, you know, and they were so offended that he came in there, you know, to, you know, peddle his bullshit. And I'm one of them. Don't he know who she is? You know, it's like they were really wound up, you know. And He was running for mayor. Yeah. And came to, to, to politics. Yeah, to politics. And they were like not having it. And, you know, which was really touching for me, you know, and I'm like, well, and they're my boys, you know, it's just like we, they do for me, I do for them. That's just how we are, you know, and irrespective of all that other bullshit, you know, but, and the vast majority of them are Republicans and conservatives and Christians. And, but, and, you know, we are who we are. Everybody knows who Her Majesty is. There's 500 of them, and they all know who Her Majesty is, you know? And she'll call, and they'll be, Her Majesty's on the phone, Cap, Her Majesty's on the phone, okay. You know, even the Chiefs, Her Majesty's here, you know? And, but we've been us since the beginning. And during our academy, during my academy, you know, Pam would show up and drop off uniforms or do whatever, and everybody in my class knew who she was, and I was the class, the group leader. I made my speech when I put my badge on. My dad and Pam came up and put my badge on, you know, and so it's like, and everybody was standing around, and everybody was just like, whoa, whoa, bro, dude, it's a black chick, dude. She got a wife, bro. That's your dad, bro. Fuck. You know? They just didn't know what the fuck to say. They didn't know what to do, and then you know, I come to the station and just do what I do and be myself, and I do what you do. We got the same job, bro. What's the problem? I'm new, so I'm mopping. You do your thing, you know. And so, they they have to understand, and when they understand, then you're in. Right. You know? And there's like it's like a cognitive dissonance that they have. Yeah. Where they where they don't um, look at how they vote as having a real world impact mm -hmm. on Juliet and I. Mm -hmm. So they, but because of the, I, I think a lot has to do with how we do things, mm -hmm. which is pretty open. Yeah, we embrace everybody. Yeah. I mean, I have evangelical friends. Mm -hmm. I have friends who think I, I'm a sinner. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, it's like, mm -hmm. whatever, mm -hmm. how are your kids? <laughs> you know how are the parents how's the you know it's like what is it that we all have in common mm -hmm. let's go there mm -hmm. and and the first couple of years they would have a christmas party mm -hmm. and it was scary mm -hmm. because the first year she was on pre probation so we're talking 1997 yeah yeah mm -hmm. when when they could have just fired you could have and there would have been no recourse, mm -hmm. um, you know, and like going to the Christmas party and you know getting up to like dance together. <laughs> it's it was a little. Well, we bit, did it. It was unnerving. Yeah, we did it. But we did it. And then people just kind of went, oh, that's yeah. Pam and Juliet. And oh. then I'd go dance with all the dudes anyway, <laughs> <laughs> and flirt, <laughs> and apologize. <laughs> 
There was no Me Too movement then, so I didn't behave <laughs> appropriately. You did not. But I did apologize later. <laughs> and I was like, okay, that was inappropriate. You probably shouldn't keep doing it. Just a little too much egg, dog. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Indeed. And to me, the community sort of dispersed once we got more rights. Does that make any sense? So then it's more like you'd go someplace and go to the club, but in terms of meeting to make sure we keep our rights, I think maybe people might be a little bit more nervous now um, because of what's gone on the past four years. But once things started to flow, there just, there weren't any of those gatherings where we all would like come together. Everybody come together for Pride. They come together for Mm -hmm. the SCAP uh, black tie. Breakfast. Breakfast. And they have their fuel activities. But, you know, it's, people just want to live their life. And, you know, I think that once everything settles down, they go back to living their life. Like, who wants to be fighting 24-7? I don't. Yeah. You know, so, and so far, so good. I think people are waking up, though, now a little bit. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, like, even just thinking about Roe versus Wade, Mm -hmm. you're starting to think that some other things could go in that direction, that if we're not really moving it forward, that may mean something backwards and not stand and not standing still so that was kind of what happened it just kind of fizzled and i never thought we were able going to be able to get married i never thought we were going to have this even civil union and so all these years while the other fighter firefighters were doing their first second and third wives they had all these medical benefits and I had nothing. Mm -hmm. And so I would just go down to what I call poor people's medicine, Mm -hmm. which is Peak Vista, and just not claim her as my spouse because she legally wasn't my spouse, Mm -hmm. you know, and just kind of had to put up with whatever it is. And the guys, and we say guys because it's like 97% mm-hmm. male. Um, when we would talk about it, they would be upset. Mm-hmm. But then they would still turn around and vote in a way that was not going to make it happen. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, you know, and so basically, she's making less money than all the firefighters if I don't have medical benefits. She's working for less. There's no other way to look at it. So getting that was like... That was huge. Yeah. That was huge. We got it for a year in 1994. Do you remember that? I do. When Was it 2004 or 1994? I think it was 2004. Yeah. Yeah. When Richard Scorman... Yeah. There was this period of time with liberal city council people where um, the city gave benefits to same gender... Same gender couples, or you got to do plus employee plus ones, right? And then they took that away, and you and I protested that, made signs, showed up at the city council meeting, yeah. addressed the city council, yeah, 
with Chantel and, you know, just talk about how absolutely wrong that was. And, you know, it didn't make any difference. How long has it been that I've had insurance? Like five years? Maybe, yeah. Uh, so yeah. What, what was the response to when you went to the city house? They listened. They listened. <laughs> yeah. 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 We ended up on TV. A few times. Wow. And in the newspaper. Yeah. I may have some clippings that I can look up and send you guys. And a big part of it was because we made signs and they weren't accustomed to that. What did they say? What did it say? That was Meg and Jenny. I've, I had my uniform on. People were upset uh -huh. about that. I've, yeah. And I, I reached out to the chief. I'm like, chief, here's the deal. Blah blah blah. He's like, do it. Mm -hmm. He was awesome. Uh -huh. But he came from Oakland. You know, he right. came here from Oakland, and he took yeah. us from Mayberry 1954 into the the 2000s. Mm -hmm. and to his credit, but you know, people um, solicited him to fire me. Mm -hmm. You know, because I was doing this, that, and the other, and, you know, representing the organization, and blah, 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 and, you know, t and he was just like, absolutely not, she, she is well within her right, she has permission, da, 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 and he was awesome. That's amazing, yeah. So, yeah. you know, and then, you know, every now and then, somebody would say something, and, you know, Julia's gonna go down there and do so-and-so, I'm like, well, bro, here's the deal, if you can get the union to get me help, health yep. care for Her Majesty, I'll join the union, I'll come yep. back to the union. And as soon as they did, I came back to the union. And they were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> It's thousands of dollars less that she ended up getting paid mm -hmm. because of that. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. And it's awesome to have it now. Oh, Lord. Yeah. It, mm -hmm. sounds like, it sounds like a very long fight. I mean, five years isn't it's not that anything long. in yeah. comparison to mm -hmm. what to how long it's been going on. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's a long fight. Mm -hmm. We do what we do. And then we, you know, and some people, I think I think we're unique in the, in the place that we always come from gratitude. We are, I'm really grateful to have a job. We're really grateful to have this house. We're grateful that our cars are paid for. The child got her education paid for. She got her own house, thank goodness. You know, and so we we ain't mad, right? We right. Mad. And ain't no need to be mad, you know, because here's here's what's going on right now. Could it be better? Yes. And here's how it could be better. And I'm gonna go back to work now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, it's just mm -hmm. like you can't be doing this all day every day. It'll it'll wear you out. You know? Yeah, we fight without being angry. Yes. And I think I think it's that huge. you're right. That is part of it. It's like we got up, we said what it was that we needed to say. Mm -hmm. I'm sure I have it written down someplace. I started going through my stuff, so I'll I'll send you stuff. Mm -hmm. And um, but then we went back the next day, and we're not angry with the guy who has the insurance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, even although we know that if you would think about how your vote, you know, impacts impacts the person who's watching your back mm -hmm. and whose back you're watching, that would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> but the ideology makes it so the person has a hard time looking at the reality. Yeah. And even thinking about it unless you tell them, mm -hmm. you know, that Pam does not have medical insurance. Mm -hmm. 
and the girlfriend you've been living with for six months has medical insurance. As do her kids. As do her kids. And this is your third wife. <laughs> and I've only had one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I do what I do. It's just one of those one of those things. Yeah. I think um if we could go for a break after this question, mm -hmm. I don't know if you'd want that and then we can swap over into sure, sure. but um just to kind of end this section uh -huh. on a nice i think a happy note mm -hmm. um what would you say is your favorite part of Colorado springs what are your best memories um i love this weather today <laughs> there we go we and i love my job and i love my guys they're good boys mm -hmm. and um yeah I think this this weather is huge for me. Huge. The sunlight, oh, I can't deal without the sunlight. Yep. I am in love with the mountains. So am I. Yeah. They're beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I've been here since 77, and there's not one time that I'm driving like on Uinta, mm -hmm. coming in this direction, that I'm just like, whoa. Yeah, yeah. That is gorgeous. Stunning, and it's yeah. like the most gorgeous backdrop to my life. Mm -hmm. I absolutely love it. Yeah, I completely agree. Mm -hmm. I wasn't expecting them to be this beautiful. Majestic. Yeah. Yes. Very majestic. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. And every day I come out and I see them on the backdrop. And yep. just, it's stunning. Yep. Yeah. So I'm glad that doesn't leave with time. I'm no. I still appreciate them. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I'm yeah. in love. Okay, so do you want to have just a quick, sure, quick break, yeah. and then we you can swap seats mm -hmm. if you need to get anything. Or Does someone need to drinks? get in, get out of the sun? Oh, yeah. I know I'm yeah. like a mom. Yeah, Because I thought I was fifty fifty, and then the older I got, I'm like, you know what? You're more like ninety ten. <laughs> I just happen yeah. to be desperately in love oh. with this Ding. person. Yeah, you know? it's all in the spectrum. Yeah. Yep. 30 years later, still desperately in love. You along with me. That's right. So mm -hmm. oh, we love to see <laughs> it. Look at my shenanigans. Bless your soul. Yes. You guys had a lot of shenanigans. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> she said, don't put that one in the internet. She doesn't like to behave. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think the shenanigans are good for the they soul. They are. Keep you, keep you on your toes. <clears throat> There's a point where you're just like, you know what? This person's not changing. <laughs> Make up got. your mind. That's what we got. We all are. Are you right. staying or are you leaving? You staying? They're not changing. <laughs> Package. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, people think she's trans. And people think she's a dude. All the time. Every to day. the point we're wow. going to a public restroom for our entire time together and her entire life has been an issue. Fact. Mm -hmm. And I'm just a delicate flower. <laughs> She's had to. You should tell them what happened when we go to the um, movie. It's like we do all this planning around. We do, the whole and I, thing. you know, and I, being a f uh, f competitive athlete in my past, you know, it's like you gotta hydrate, and so I pee a lot, you know. And man, it's like every time I go in the bathroom, I, you know, my speaking voice is normally here, but I always have to bring it up just a little higher. And uh, hi, girl, hi. You know, instead of. <laughs> And watch the way I walk and the things I do and the things I say and my mannerisms, you know, and and people have misbehaved, you know, 
it's like I've gone into restrooms and you know Is that, that Clyde? Is that Clyde? kid. That kid is a... This one? The new one? No, this kid. His kid. Tammy's oh, okay. kid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're recording. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, that one out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we don't know them. No yeah, way. No clue. But, um, for example, we're in Denver uh, at the market. It's, I think they're closed now. Yeah. Anyway, 16th Street Mall kind of a situation. Bathroom's in the basement. So we're upstairs doing our thing. Coffee, cookies, blah, blah, blah. I go down to the basement, go to the bathroom, I'm in there doing my thing, and a couple ladies come out of the restaurant into this in this one bathroom for this whole pardon me, facility. And they'd had a few. They was giggling and carrying on. So um, I come out of the stall and I go to wash my hands and they're all and they leave. And so I'm like, oh boy, here we go. And a couple moments later, boom, 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 Hey, who's in there? And I opened the door and I whipped up my shirt. No. And he's like, oh. And the two little girls were standing out there. And I, you know, I just got to walk out and I go, an apology would be nice. And they didn't say shit. They were just like, yeah. Or at the movies, or at the spa, yeah. they go. They go and they say to the manager, "There is a black man no, in no, the no, bathroom." No, 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 no. So if they, you can that ain't imagine what they say, our community, uh-huh. I mean, just the the percentage, mm-hmm. you know. So the person gets like really freaked out. Oh, totally. I mean, I think if it was the other way around, and and the man said, "There's a black woman in my bathroom," uh-huh. they wouldn't be as freaked out. Right. But you have you know, all these white women and there's a black man in the bathroom. Well, and it depends on what they say. Some people, some women will say there's a man in the bathroom. Some will say there's a nigger in the bathroom. And you can tell what they say by how the security behaves. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and I've done this before. So, she told you there was a nigger in the bathroom, huh? Oh, bro. Oh, dude. Oh. (laughs) It's cool, bro. I'm cool. Cool. I'm gonna go but you know and that's one of those things it's like I'm grateful I got a good job I got a lovely spouse our home is cheap our cars are paid for the child got her own home it's like you gotta what is good what is good what is good it doesn't say that it doesn't take chunks out of you you know what I mean it, it costs it ain't free right but it's like you gotta figure out how to manage that you know and and even now where the trans folks are, are really you know being being aggressive and being outspoken and and I often wonder or my, my philosophy is that or my thought process is that who is who is so pissed who is so upset about this whole thing because I can remember back in the day you know and all the, the the girls the trans girls downtown doing their thing sex working whatever they got to do and you know they didn't like the situation but they dealt with the situation there was no political movement, and we all knew they had a rough go. And now, people are making demands as to, you all need to get on this sheet, you know? And that's gonna be really, really difficult to make happen, you know? Because we're talking fringe fringe now. That's the whole next level of fringe, is the trans community, right? 
And I feel like, you know, now I get more scrutiny because of the whole trans thing. Because people still think I'm trans. And I'm not. And, and the other thing, too, it's like, you know, like for us, and it is kind of humorous. You got to get So a black people have been here for 400 years. Mm-hmm. It's biology. No one cares. Mm-hmm. If they have a feeling about you, yep. if they're like a bigot, the fact that you're going, this is biology or whatever, it just, it kind of just doesn't make any difference. Mm-hmm. Like, it's really hard. To, I don't even try to change people's minds, Mm-mm. to tell you the truth. And I don't care if they embrace, because she embraces me. You know what I mean? We, this 25, 26, we got all the embracement we need right here. Yeah. Right? My fellas embrace me. They don't know that they do, but they do. You know? And I'm real, I'm grateful to have that. If that's all I get, I'm all right. You know? And. Well, we ended up with way more than we thought we oh were going to get. Way more. Like, way, way more. Way more. Way more. Like, way more. married? <laughs> I know. It's crazy. It is. That's a lot to be grateful for. Oh, yeah. dude. Truly. I mean, I'm, I could retire next year. Yep. You know? Fuck. Whoever thought. <laughs> you know? And you know what's great is you have a question about family. Are we just like rambling or Beautiful are we in the best way? Are we in where we need to be? Um, I'm not close to my family. And. I wasn't that close even when I was married to Tom, to Chantal's dad. And their attitude, okay, and of course, everyone is changing as we get older, Mm -hmm. was more about tolerance. So my older brother is gay. My sister, Grace, is bi, probably bi like me. you know, more on the straight pendulum. And because of their religion for like a really long time, like they were just like, well, we'll tolerate you. Well, don't tolerate me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, one of my favorite philosophers, um, J.K. Krishnamurti is his name. He has my favorite line, which is, where there is love, there is no need for tolerance. So for me, it's love me or don't, or you're not going to see me. (laughs) And that's kind of how I've treated, that's how I've treated my family. My parents have died in the past like 15 years. Mm -hmm. I didn't make up with them. You know, when I got involved with Lisa and, you know, just kind of got public, the people who left, they left. It's like, see you later. Bye. Um, and even although my brother, who he's a megachurch pastor in L.A., like 17,000 members, and in the past, he said things that, um, like, I endure my gay siblings. Well, you know, Grace and Christian were fine with that, but I'm not fine with that. Mm-hmm. And, and now he's singing a different tune. But I just still don't want to be bothered. I don't know if it makes me unforgiving or whatever. But, you know, my feeling is just like, I just don't want to deal with it anymore. 
I don't want to explain myself. If you get to know me and you love me, but don't put up with me mm-hmm. because I got stuff to do. Places to go, people to see. Yeah. <laughs> now her dad. Yeah. Her mom's dead. My mom's dead. But yeah. your dad. You should talk about your dad. My dad, Papa D. Well, let's see. He is. A... Oh, oh, and remember, this is um, auditory, not visual. Okay. Because you're super visual. I am visual. Yeah. I know. We've been in. Did you <laughs> notice that? Yeah. Yeah. yeah we're like, take the shades off in the yeah. eye. She's great on camera. <laughs> Uh, my dad, let's see, my dad is 82, and he's not in the best of health. He's got your diabetic, CHF, COPD, but he manages to get sick and then go to the hospital and then leave the hospital and go home and stay well for a while and get sick, go to the hospital. And that's kind of been his MO for the past several years. But he, you know, he is the reason that I'm on the fire department. Because when I was a little kid, and this is back in the 70s, and they used to be, there used to be these television shows, you know, SWAT, Toma, Beretta, Emergency, all these cop, fire, public safety kind of TV shows. Now they got like, you know, Station 19 and 911, similar situation. But he and I used to watch these shows together, and I used to be like, Daddy, Daddy, when I grow up, I want to be a fireman, uh, and a policeman, uh, and a soldier. And his response to me was, you can do, do whatever you want to do. And so it never dawned on me that I couldn't do any of these things. He didn't say, well, we don't, they don't have a lot of black people. They ain't no women. They, they, no, you can do whatever you want to do. And so I'm like, okay. And, you know, because of that, it's just like, I hope... I hope that people tell their daughters they can do anything they want to do because they can. They really, really can. And boy. (laughs) And the other thing about your dad, Mm -hmm. because your mom was the one who was very anti-gay. Yeah, she was anti-everything. She was anti everything. She didn't. Tell us about your mother and what happened after she died. Well. Because my mom, I was, you know, I was, I didn't know I was a good athlete. I knew I could play on all the teams, but I didn't know how good of an athlete I was. And then when I got to high school, um, a couple of the guys that I used to play football in the street with, went, Coach, Juliet need to be on the team. High school, Coach, Juliet need to be on the team. I'm like, uh, Coach? <laughs> uh... I can't be on the team. He's like, if you can get your parents to sign off on it, we'll put you on the team. So I'm skipping home, dude. I'm like, woo, yeah. <laughs> I get home. I'm like, mom, coach said I could be on the team if y'all sign off. I'm not signing that. What you mean you're not? I'm not signing that. I am not. No daughter of mine. I am not signing that. Crushed. Crushed my little soul. And, but, because they were, and my mom was so strict, she was real strict, you know, we couldn't speak Ebonics at home, we, you know, we had to go to church every Sunday, we had to do uh, the choir, you know, the children's choir and the adult choir, you know, you do children's choir until you're 13, then you do the adult choir and Bible class and all this kind of stuff, and my mom did not tell me about tampons. 
But here I am playing basketball, volleyball, um, uh, softball. I did not know about tampons. One of my sister's friends told me about tampons. And I'm like, so here I am trying to play sports, wearing a damn pad. And she knew I was playing sports and she would not tell me about tampons. I'm like, and in hindsight, I'm like, that was to preserve my virginity for whoever that first man was going to be. And, I'm, and I was outraged. I was outraged that that part of me was more important to preserve for some dude than my ability to play sports. I was fucking furious. I will never forget that. But I learned to endure. You learn, I learned to Stay with it. It's going to suck for a minute. Okay, we just got to keep going. Just keep going. Just keep going. That sucks. That sucks bad. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. And so I feel grateful, but boy, knowing what I know now, oh, fuck. And then your dad turned out to be, like, totally the opposite of my parents. Yeah. Like. Totally chill. Now, 25, it took my family 25 years mm -hmm. to ask how Juliet was. Mm -hmm. Her dad came out when we bought the house yep. and Loaned me gave money. us money for the down payment. Yep. And I was paying him back and he's like, oh, no, no, baby, that's a gift. That, that ain't yep. him, that's a gift, yeah. <laughs> and he totally embraced, he embraced you, it. Because yep. I think he knew, they always thought that she was his son whenever she was little, like eight. Mm -hmm. Oh, looks like you brought your I said, you brought your son, son. with you. <laughs> No, that's my daughter. Uh -huh. That's my daughter. And here I go. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he he totally embraced me mm -hmm. and just like loved me like mm -hmm. right away. Yep. It was awesome. Mm -hmm. But partially I think it's because your mom died and he didn't have the pressure from her because mm -hmm. she was the one who was really hooked on you becoming I guess back in the 60s and 50s, mm -hmm. the word was stud broad. Mm -hmm. That's that's a uh, derogatory term for lesbian. <laughs> I haven't heard that one. You haven't? Oh, you don't heard that one? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I do have a question for Yes, ma'am. I've been hearing you talk about a little bit about being a firefighter, mm -hmm. about sports, mm -hmm. about your home, and then mm -hmm. just like in your own words, I'd love to know for each of you, um, how do you define success for yourselves? Ooh, that's a great question. Go ahead, Miss Thing. Oh, for me, it is health. Ooh. Right now, yes. it is health, and it's something that I'm that I'm struggling with. I have some chronic metabolic syndrome, so high cholesterol, high blood pressure. What's the other one? Oh. Pre-diabetic. Overweight. Overweight, mm -hmm. obesity. And in 2007, I had this huge mental nervous breakdown when I was in menopause mm -hmm. that just flattened me. Mm -hmm. And I've been dealing with that this entire time. Mm -hmm. I got some really good help in 2016 um, or got a great psychiatrist and, you know, I take a bunch of meds to just kind of keep it together. Spent some time in the psych ward mm -hmm. 
and suicidal, but you came home, so I didn't kill myself. And um, just managing that, you know, and that's my thing. Mm -hmm. It's how to be okay every day and also to be accepting of my situation and not getting off my meds anymore. <laughs> so, yeah, that was probably more detail than you wanted. No, I loved it, mm -hmm. you know, because, you know, Obviously, you've had your own business that was super successful. Mm -hmm. Obviously, yep. activism, but mm -hmm. like, I yep. love that answer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's all about health. Both of us, I think. We went to, would well, you remember who was that? Roberto that said that thing mm -hmm. about his health? We we're at this soiree, one of those gay soirees, and this old boy, he was uh, had an estate sale business, so his job was to gather. Um, goods from large estate sales, antique furniture, coin collections, all type of stuff, and you know, sell it. Mm -hmm. And he was from Italy, he had a really a young, handsome boyfriend, and we were at the party, and he says, you know, Italian, you know, uh, Juliet, uh, if uh, I don't have my health, uh, I have nothing. I was like, yeah, okay. And he was old as dirt, rich as God, and had a hot young boyfriend I'm like okay well he said it yeah. <laughs> but and you know in my job I get to see people every day who you know are on the precipice of death on a regular basis um, people who've lost everything they have and you know I have a, a sense of gratitude around just the simplest stuff and you know, if you ever watch HGTV or any of those shows and they talk HGTV. about, you know, yes. why does everybody have to have a granite countertop? I don't need, what is with the granite Me countertop? Wanting a granite countertop I'll do tile, we'll just do a plain old tile, or butcher block, or stainless steel. That's what we have at the fire station, stainless steel. You just hose it off and be done with it. But, and I don't need that in my little house. You know, and I don't need a bigger house. If we, even if we were to buy a brand new house, it would be the same size as this house, 1,500 square feet. That's all we need. And I'm really grateful for having the job I have. I really struggled when I was a younger person trying to figure out what I wanted to do with myself. Um, when I was really young, I wanted to be a marine biologist because of the scuba diving element. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I moved to firefighter, police officer, soldier, but it's always been a very physical thing because I'm a very physical person. I can't imagine having a job where you sit somewhere behind a desk for 30 years. I might as well just jump off the cliff. I, there's no way I could do that. I was in staff for two years and it was just like, Get me <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, and finally, I found a job where not only is it good for me, but I'm good for it. Mm -hmm. And the physical, the big butch person that I am is the quintessential person for this gig, you know, and it's, it just worked out. <laughs> it worked out. And now we're at the end, you know, I'm in the last few years and I get to get retire and come home and hang out with Her Majesty. Yeah. You know, 
it's been, I've been really fortunate, and that's enough. I used to want to be a chief. When I first came on the job, I'm like, I want to kick down the door, and I'm going to be, you know. And the closer, the farther up the food chain I get, the less I want to participate in that. So the one thing I discovered as a staff captain is that I'm not a good administrator. I'm a good trainer, and I worked in the training division. I do really good with a group of brand new people and showing them how to do this job. I can do that every day, all day, till, till I leave. But this part of it, and the meetings, and the shenan I'm out, I am so out. And so I'm really glad that my two years came to an end. But I don't so know. So health and your job. Health and my job. And what is success? Success is being healthy, enjoying what you do, and having cool hobbies. I have really cool hobbies, you know? And so, it's all good. And we make enough money. We make enough money. Even before, we made enough money, you know? But we I don't have to have a new truck. Would it be nice? Of course. I look at my fellas and they got, I mean, do you know how much a new pickup truck costs? Like 100,000? Close. Sister, damn close. I'm not, like the truck that I have now would probably be about 55 grand. But what you have to pay for it? <laughs> who, who has that kind of money? In a five hundred thousand dollar house? Yeah. Who, how much money a month are these folks paying? It's insane. <laughs> That's I cannot, and I know what they. I know what y'all make. You know what I make? It's I, debt. <laughs> That's what it debt. is. That's what it is. Yeah. I can't. That stretches me out. It's the American way. Yeah. I can't handle it. To live outside of your means. Uh uh new. New, new, new. So, there it is, Cheese Wiz. Did I answer your question? <laughs> yes, you sure did. Okay. And I appreciate you telling about your journey. Mm -hmm. I wonder if you could tell me a little bit more specifically, what has it been like to fight fire in the era of COVID? Because that's changed Ooh, Well, we, it's been kind of weird because, you know, um, some people on the job feel really strongly about, you know, their rights and, even as a healthcare provider, because 70% of what we do is medical. Um, as a healthcare provider, people think it's okay to introduce whatever germ they have to the public. I think that is absolute utter bullshit. I think we should be mandated to get uh, vaccinated. I don't think we should be able to, anybody in healthcare, I don't think it should even be a question. The fact that it is a question causes a bunch of drama both in the stations and when we go on calls and everything else. I think um, what we do now is we get a call, we go into a medical call, everybody gets on the truck, you put your gear on, you gotta wear goggles, you gotta wear your mask, get your gloves. If we know that that's a, it's a COVID positive situation, then we have gowns and we have splash guards and we have this, all this other stuff. And if, if we know it's COVID, then only two people go in at a time to minimize the, the transfer of, of goo. Um, and then you dispose of all your stuff. You come out and peel all your crap off and put it in a, a red bag and send it off to the hospital to go you know, with the rest of the biohazard. But there have been times where we go in there and we're doing CPR on a guy and he got COVID. That's why he's dying right now. <laughs> it's because he got COVID. We didn't know. He couldn't tell us. It is what it is. You know, but fortunately, everybody's got their gloves and their mask and their goggles, so we're we're moving in a good direction. Mm -hmm. But 
Has fighting fire been different? No, because you can't you can't wear a mask under all your gear. You just it's just it doesn't work like that. And we when you're in inside the building that's on fire, ain't nobody think about COVID. Guarantee to it. And we do our job. We come outside. We put take our gear off, and then we start cleaning up. And the cleanup t- usually takes a lot longer than it takes to put the fire out. But now we're all out there, you know, wearing our pants usually and some gloves and talking to each other and, you know, putting the hose away, putting the axes up, you know, refilling the tanks, blah, 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 just like we sitting around right here. And though what we're supposed to do if we're unvaccinated is put on a mask. Supposed to. But I can't ask you, brand new firefighter, if you've been vaccinated or not. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Very tricky. It's very tricky. Yeah, you can't be like, show me your vaccination right, card. Right, right. Like- and so that's, to me, if I'm the big, I'm like, we're done, kids. Here it is. Here's the deal. Get your vac- vaccine or you get to go. And the big is the top. The big chief. Piece. I'm sorry. That's they what we call, call the chief. They just call him the big. I figured. I was like, we got the big house. We got the big. Right. <laughs> the big. If I'm the big... Everybody gets the vaccination, the whole series, including booster. Questions, yeah. moving on, because we ain't got time for this. In Juliet's world, we have bigger issues. Yeah, like me getting sick. Mm-hmm. Bringing it home to your family, your loved ones. Exactly. Yes. And we exactly. got people getting COVID. And know? she she sees, we figured it out that on a regular 24-hour shift, she comes in with a minimum of 60 people. At least. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I'm just like, we're at 95, whether the department says you should or not, Mm -hmm. because I'm the one who's going to be dead Mm -hmm. or very sick or whatever. So it's been, for me, it's been super stressful. It's been stressful. This time. It has been stressful. Definitely wonder that dynamic because you know it's your job. You know you have to provide for your family, but at the same time, on top of the risk of already going into a burning building, like another layer. And you know, and to me, the burning building is not the most dangerous part of our job. To me, yes, it's dangerous. However, you know, there's like we there's a formula, and if there's something missing from the formula, then we're not going in. Okay. Okay. But things like traffic accidents on the highway. People come so close, so close to getting smoked on the highway. And we went on the call of a couple sets back and I'm standing there and the cops are about to breach and my guys have the, their ax and stuff to break the door down for the cops. Somebody comes out of this apartment right here and I'm like, sir, you need to go back in your apartment right now and close the door. Fuck you, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, bro, for real? Seriously, you see Popo over here all geared up mm-hmm. and you want to come out and see what the fuck's going on? I didn't say that. <laughs> what I said was, sir, you need to go back in your house and close the door right now. <laughs> right, but you're thinking. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And what if he had a pistol? A or a knife? Yeah. And, and we're having words. <laughs> so people are the dangerous People, part. people, yeah. people. And people. that reminds me, she was in the office during during the academy teaching the young guys for two years Mm -hmm. until what six months ago yep i I left and so for two years she wasn't called the n-word right and within two days Mm -hmm. of being back to work yep and people do that shit all the time 
and even if it's the sick person, yeah, they'll say, mm-hmm. "Get your end hands off of me." Mm-hmm. Trying to save your life. Uh huh. Like, you. all right, you can stay if you want to stay. Like, you can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> and and you, and I my my thought process is okay. This is the worst day of your life, clearly, and I appreciate that you're excited and you have no filter right now. Here's what we got to do. You know, but and my fellas, they get so mad. They get so. Julia, that's bullshit. Blah, blah, blah. Calm down, Scooter. Calm down. Come on now. You know, I'm like, look at them. Look at us. They got problems. We ain't got that. We got to deal with this. They do. They get they way get so more mad. angry that's, than she does. They get so mad. And it happens Charity. way more often than people think. Than they know. Because the person doesn't have a filter. Mm-hmm. And the family. There's family members hanging out too. Yeah. Yep. And they're scared and broke and in debt. And they're even like, take your hands off of me. Mm-hmm. Like you're trying to like save their life. Yep. They're like, touch mm-hmm. me. Yep. It's crazy. It but is. you know, you can't make it up. You can't make that stuff up. You can't make this up. shit up. I mean, the, the stuff we see on a regular basis, you cannot, you could not come up with it as a fiction writer, you could not come up with this yet. But, and, that's what's so cool about it to me. You know, I'm just like, whoa, did you see that? Dude, he ain't got no leg. Oh, no. You know what I mean? Or, you know, somebody gets, it's, it's, I shouldn't say this, but I'm going to. Don't. Okay. <laughs> she said, stop me right there. We Thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. And so we've heard a little bit about your work and your mm-hmm. business side. I would love to know what it's just like, obviously, as a black woman to open up your own business in Colorado Springs. In 1980? Exactly. Even completely Ooh. different. Oh, my gosh. Like? I went through some stuff. You know, um, I think that my Jamaican background and that I came from a really prominent Jamaican family made it possible for me to ignore a lot of what people did because, oh yeah, that's the stupidity my mother was telling me happens Mm -hmm. in the United States. Mm -hmm. So um, I think not being African-American and being, I call myself, Jamaican makes a difference. It's huge. It's huge. But um, my sister and I bought... Okay, so... Old Colorado City, which you guys have been to, Mm -hmm. had been a city like a hundred years ago, and then it became downtown. Mm -hmm. Back in the 70s, they got um, money from a federal government agency to rebuild this and to offer loans to small business people. And so I walked into the office (laughs) with the two two guys that were um, giving out money giving away money to everyone. Wow, um, sounds like a trap, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, had, I had just left Harvard, and I wrote this amazing small business loan and prospectus and everything, and the guy literally looked up at me, and he said, there is no room for you in this neighborhood. That was 1980. So I had to go to Plan B. Plan B was calling my sister, walking 
going from store to store to see if there was anyone I could buy out. And there was this woman, she was actually Hawaiian, mm. and she had this tiny little store. And at the time I was designing clothing, which is one of my 10 minutes career, which is what my friends like to talk about. Mm. I have 10 minutes careers. Lots <laughs> of passions, that's all. Yeah, yeah. I, just, I just keep going, I get bored. I'm like, okay, let's start this. And there was this Hawaiian woman, and she wanted to be bought out, so I bought all her inventory, and I started my business in 1980. And that guy, they continue to do whatever it is they do. Two years after that, um, my sister and I bought, I think it was probably 20% of the commercial building that we were in. So then I became a landlord mm -hmm. and I had, I had my body care, not my body, at that time it was the, um, it was the design, because mm -hmm. design was my minor, fashion design. So I had that business and you know, my customers and stuff like that. And then we leased out, leased out the rest of it. I was over there for like 25 years, but Can't very strange <laughs> things. Ha yeah, mm -hmm. it came around that particular guy, his son, because, because Grace had done some movies and you know how you tell someone's your sister and then they get famous. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now you got like this famous sister. <laughs> And you have to deal with that. Yeah. <laughs> so he came in, the son of the guy who told me that there wasn't any room for me in that neighborhood. And then I was there for 25 years. And um, he was working on a screenplay and he wanted to get it to me so I could get it to someone. And I was like, you know, Junior, <laughs> 20 years ago, <laughs> your dad said there was no place for me in this neighborhood you and me? the sins of the fathers i'm like no i'm not helping you <laughs> i'm sorry that you're paying for this but keep going and then the other guy who was part of that he actually got lung cancer like oh five years later mm -hmm. and you always said that i put some kind of african <laughs> the entire time I mean it was I still think I don't even know if there's any property owner mm -mm. who we sold in 1997 yeah. I don't think there's another black property owner in that neighborhood yeah but, but I can see leasing, like people always think I'm white on the phone mm -hmm. and then they come to like lease a commercial building. Mm -hmm. And I put my hand out and their hands are like frozen <laughs> to their side. Oh my God. And oh they, my God, can't, oh my God. they can't do oh it. Oh my God. She sounded so polite. Oh my God. But, you know, over the years, what I realized is that it's a reflex. Like that person did not think. Mm -hmm. and, and in that sense, from my perspective, it's not they don't mean to do it they yeah. just have a serious lack of exposure mm -hmm. and they feel embarrassed they don't expect that the, their landlord is going to be me and they're shocked and they just like they get frozen you know and then they get embarrassed right. because they got frozen mm -hmm. you know and i just kind of i 
you know, I just kind of let all that stuff go. I'm not much of a, um, I'm not going to go like, you didn't want to shake my hands and blah, 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 mm-hmm. you know. You got germs anyway. Yeah, I still run to the the place. Yeah, but you know, I did well. I had a lot of customers. Mm -hmm. I, you know, still know a lot of people. And if you ignore that other stuff, like even crazier stuff would happen in the summertime. You have lots of tourists who come here, so they're totally not accustomed Mm -hmm. to me. And I'd be like sitting on a chair in front of my store and someone would come around the corner and I would move and they would jump. <laughs> because I looked like a statue, I guess. That's the only thing I can think of is they thought that I was, and then I went like this and they would jump. The other thing that would happen, um, this happened a lot. I had this 15 year old girl who actually ended up going to Colorado College. Her name was Arrow. And she wanted to work for me. And I was like, You're too young. And she wrote me this long (laughs) letter about my ageism. Oh my God. Yeah. It's I mean, not she, that. You're, yeah. you're just like labor laws. Yeah. <laughs> she went for it. She went for it. And, and so I did end up hiring her. So in the summertime, we're really known for like a lot of Texan, a Texan and Oklahoma mm-hmm. um, citizens come here. And so someone would come into my store. And I'm obviously the older person in the room. The yeah. Mm-hmm. They would ask her the question. She'd look at me, I would answer, they would ask her the next question. <laughs> they couldn't talk to me. Mm-hmm. But that was the 80s. <laughs> you know, I think there may have been some progress. I thought there were supposed to be good vibrations in the 80s. There were. <laughs> but then crack happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And AIDS. <laughs> yeah, and, and seriously, a lack of exposure. Yeah. I mean, the population here is like 4% black. Mm-hmm. Like, whenever we go to Chicago, Atlanta, any place, everyone knows she's a girl. True that. Everyone. Because you're mm-hmm. exposed to that. You yeah. Know, you got yeah. aunties, you got mm-hmm. e-notes. Exactly. I mean, look at her. <laughs> no facial, no facial hair. <laughs> so it was challenging in that way, but the good outweighed the bad. You're here. And I come from a family of entrepreneurs, okay. and she comes from a family of city workers. So mm-hmm. it's kind of interesting. What is normal for me is to always start something, mm-hmm. and what is normal for her is to be a part of something. Mm-hmm. That steady, thank goodness, yeah. right? Because we literally would have no money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, it was fun. We learned a lot. Okay. It's been good. We learned a lot. Yeah. It's been great. Yeah. Beautiful lives for yourself. We, yeah. I, I, I tell you what, we're I'm highly grateful. respected in our community to the point where I can't go anywhere. And I'm <laughs> like, like an introvert now. You're like I don't want to see right? people. Right <laughs> now, I have agoraphobia. Like I want phobia. the ribs, but I gotta make them in the house. <laughs> <laughs> Too many people. Too many people Rudy's. <laughs> and you know that is a really nice feeling. Like mm-hmm. anything that we have tried to do in Colorado Springs. Mm-hmm. Everyone comes out of the woodwork mm-hmm. to help us. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes too many people. <laughs> but it's still amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel completely supported mm-hmm. by by our community. Mm-hmm. And for me it you know, it includes people who absolutely have different ideas from from mine. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. And they I don't have to do a, that. I just don't have a problem with that. Yeah, I don't care. 
even if you know, like okay, your idea is gonna get me killed. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just gonna love you. That's actually the perfect segue into my next question for y'all. Okay. Which is in your own words, what is your greatest achievement? <laughs> Her highness. <laughs> what is my greatest achievement? I don't know. A lot of moms say their kids. I don't mm-hmm. know if that's gonna be. Mm-hmm. I love my kid, but my kid is like a hurricane. She is. Okay. Bless her soul. <laughs> she is. Like, Whoa. She She's is. like a tornado walking. Fact. Yeah. But also, Matthew. I guess I could say it's my greatest achievement. Uh-huh. Oh, not killing her. That's my greatest achievement. Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> I wasn't sure for a while. We there. tried. I tried a couple of times. <laughs> Chantel, Mom, Chantel. <laughs> yeah. That was a challenge. That was. So I, I don't think I'm going to say that. Mm. Because mo- it is mostly, it is more like not killing her has been my greatest mm-hmm. I agree. I stayed out of jail. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> big. I didn't have to go put no money yeah. on your commissary. No. <laughs> so working with my sister back in the 80s and stuff, I got involved in the whole entertainment drug scene. Mm-hmm. And became a raging crack addict. Mm-hmm. Freebase mm-hmm. is what they call it if you make it yourself. I'm 33 years sober, mm-hmm. and that is my greatest achievement. Uh, here, 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 here. Yeah, here, here. Because I just did not know how this was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And and in order to make it happen, I left a lot of opportunities, like in the record industry and the movie industry, but. And I had like abandoned my daughter, mm-hmm. and it brought me all back here to a, a simpler life and one I could be sober in. Mm-hmm. So I haven't had a drink for 33 years. Mm-hmm. I haven't had a cigarette for 31 it's been a years. Mm-hmm. I haven't smoked any crack. <laughs> no weed. I haven't snorted any crystal meth. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I was wild. We were both, we were both extremely quite wild, wild. Mm-hmm. like preachers' kids. <laughs> You've heard about preachers. I know kids. my mom's a missionary. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking I about. Know, the PKs. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. I don't think she knows about uh, preachers' kids. I don't. Oh, they're the so they're the. You know, the children of either the pastor or the first lady, just like the heads of the church, but usually because they've seen all the insides outs of church and personalities mm-hmm. of people, they're the craziest ones because they're like, yeah. What y'all preaching about? You ain't even living you up even to doing. it. I know what's really going on <laughs> with really, sister so and so, yeah. Yeah, what's going on behind yep. closed doors. So mm-hmm. you're like, I don't even believe in that mm-hmm. <laughs> anymore. Oh, yeah. I think, I don't know, is that just a black cultural thing? I think it's the white kids too. You think the preacher's kid? I've heard that. Uh-huh. You've heard it from the white yeah, kids? The mm-hmm. <laughs> at, at, at summer Christian camp, the ones going the craziest, I'll yep. tell you. Yep. From my own personal yeah. experience. Exactly. They're the ones going the hardest. Yep. <laughs> at the vacation Bible yeah, school, vac- bless <laughs> your heart. Every summer, every summer, going up to the lake. I gotta say, <laughs> fun nights. I can't, I'm, not I'm not guilt free, I'll say. But, um, thank you, mm-hmm. and so we know health and happiness mm-hmm. you know it really comes down to that mm-hmm. so my next question to y'all just like what brings you joy what keeps you happy rooted grounded um i love digital painting 
with Photoshop, actually. I'm, people say I'm talented, but it that's is. one of the things I do every day. In the summertime, this whole thing, you guys have to come back in the summer, like next June, and just do a drive-by. It's stunning. Check it. out the garden. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely love my garden. Feel really fortunate. I mean, I need help now to do it because it's so big, even mm -hmm. though it doesn't look that big. Mm -hmm. And so I feel really fortunate that we can afford to have um, gardeners come and help help me and they're two sisters and they're just delightful mm -hmm. they laugh all the time and mm -hmm. they're actually mostly coffee. Native American but this whole time they thought that they were Mexican mm -hmm. and then they had their blood work done they're Native American mm -hmm. which is cool so I totally love my garden mm -hmm. and I love to sing mm -hmm. and so I do vocalizing and yeah, mm -hmm. and then I do my painting. Um, I think of all of those things, my actual favorite thing is, if I'm going to be honest, is eating comfort food. Oh, yes, please. And it's not working for me. <laughs> and I just don't seem able to stop. Mm -hmm. I'm not food sober. Mm -hmm. And every day I have to work on it. Mm -hmm. But whenever I'm doing it, I'm beside myself with joy. Mm-hmm. So I'm a foodie too, so mm -hmm. you're not getting any judgment over yeah. here. <laughs> Give me soul food any day of the week. Yeah. I'm good yeah. to and I love when she comes home from work mm -hmm. alive. Mm -hmm. That's always a good place to start. <laughs> Wake up breathing. <laughs> like if she doesn't, she she's supposed to text me at seven, and if by eight, actually if by seven twenty, now that I've gotten older, I start going into. Which of the chiefs are they going to send to tell me that she's dead? <laughs> because we've had one time I was up in Woodland Park, we got a call up in Woodland Park, and um, I was like, Is she dead? They're like, This is the Car Spring Fire Department. Is she dead? <laughs> They're like, No, but she broke her leg coming down the pole. And then there was another time where she was having multifocal PVCs. PVCs. Mm -hmm. My grandfather had them. Yeah. yeah. Did he die from it? No, he did not. Mm -hmm. Okay. He had to take his heart out, put the pacer and all oh, that in. Oh, like, yeah. the whole thing. Very cool. Yeah, that's good. Martin Medicine, something else. I know. Mm -hmm. And that's just, that's a tough one. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's one of the things about being a firefighter's. I can call myself a firefighter's wife. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. <laughs> is I know every time she leaves, and I'm all, we're really pretty present mm -hmm. every time to say like goodbye mm -hmm. and look each other in the eyes. So mm -hmm. you're not like, oh, I wasn't paying attention. I said goodbye, and then she fell through the roof. Mm -hmm. You know. So I know that she's in a dangerous job, and and um, I'm really grateful that she comes home mm -hmm. yeah it's good to come home yeah and I tell him now I'm like if something ever happens to me when she answers a phone the first thing she's gonna ask is if I'm alive yep so if something's wrong with me y'all need to tell her whether I'm alive or not right? yeah first thing that's the first thing I need to know mm -hmm. right yep and then of course you brings me joy yeah, you have a good time. I don't think you're like on number five of my list. You're like through the list. Yes, I'm woven. Journey. I'm interwoven. Yeah, 
Yeah, but in, in terms of what I can actually do myself that has nothing to do with her, mm -hmm. those are the things. You're here. Mm -hmm. What brings you joy? Ah, uh, drumming. Okay, wow. I didn't see that coming. My brother's mm -hmm. a drummer. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I dig it. I totally dig it. Um, I have an electronic kit right now that I built myself. Yourself, wow. so a tinkerer yes. as well. Well, you know. <laughs> um, and I can't wait till I can get my acoustic kit back one day. Um, I like working out. Um, I'm looking forward to leaving a job so I can work out how I want to and not how I have to. Um, I like... I dig theater, and I went to performing arts high school, you know, so I can do a few of those things, and I'd like to get back to doing stage stuff again. Um, <laughs> the wind, maybe? No, maybe oh, Bill's Bill. over there. Yeah. Um, I tell you what, I'm looking forward to doing the archery thing. Archery, love archery. Do you? I do. Yeah, we're looking for things we're gonna do together when she retires. Mm -hmm. You're gonna be able to cruise people too. You plan to cruise? You gonna go up to Alaska? <laughs> no, <laughs> not Alaska. <laughs> oh, and I bet you don't see this one coming because I forgot. I love guns. Yes, she does. I I caught I something when you were talking guns. about yeah. weapons. I was yeah. like, oh, yeah. mm, I caught a little vibe. Yeah, we do. We There's like one guns. in every single room yeah, we inside the house. Well, you don't have kids, though. Yeah. No, but no. even when I had Chantal, I had it. Yeah. And we but I only to had us. one, and yeah. she never, ever, ever touched that guy. Yeah. I want one. My wife is not as... Yeah. We should take it. the class. We took the take right. the take her take yep. the class. And the black woman who runs her own class. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Like. Yes. Yeah, we're like NRA certified. Yes. I've taken probably four or five NRA classes mm -hmm. in that in the past, you know, 20, 30 years. Mm -hmm. I got my first gun when Chantal was like two and a half mm -hmm. because we had like an incident and then we had like a stalker incident with a neighbor mm -hmm. during like 2011. 2012, mm -hmm. like an 18 month thing. Mm -hmm. Safety is a big thing. I love my, I just absolutely love it. I like dry practice in mm -hmm. my house. Mm -hmm. and She's all tactical. <laughs> I'm all checking like, around corners and stuff. <laughs> okay, SWAT. Okay. When I went to the, um, to the psych resort, okay, the first thing people think if you are ever suicidal is that you're going to shoot yourself. Right. Like, I'm not shooting myself. <clears throat> I'm going to overdose on pills and vodka. Well, thanks for clearing that up. <laughs> <laughs> not like I'm planning to do it. So you can, like, get rid of that part. But the first thing they want to do is take your gun. Mm -hmm. You know, but dudes do that. 68-year-old black women don't do that. No. From Jamaica. Yeah. <laughs> and I just... I just really like them. They're, they're fun. They're a lot of fun to, yeah. to go to the range. I'm a good shot. She's a way better shot than me. Yep. That's With the only handguns. thing I I'm can better do long gun. better, better physical than her. Mm -hmm. That's the only oh, thing. Oh, so there's a competitive Oh, believe, yeah. okay. believe me. I do long guns. She do short guns. Mm -hmm. Handguns. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and statistically speaking, I'm like, hey, black woman, I'm mm -hmm. a lesbian. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not looking great for me. <laughs> like, I don't know if the pepper spray's going to do it. So. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting. Yeah. But it's a lot of fun. 
It's a lot of and, fun. And just that feeling, like we both have concealed carry mm-hmm. now, but I used to, I concealed carry for years before I even had my concealed carry because mm-hmm. it's just like, you know, I'd rather apologize. I'm ask for forgiveness. Forgiveness. Yeah. 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 And... You know, when situations happen, and situations happen mm-hmm. out there in the world, mm-hmm. it is it is like a confidence, mm-hmm. because I know I have it, I know I'm good at it, but I'm also the kind of person who's going to avoid it. At mm-hmm. all costs, which is like what responsible, right, right, like you're taught, you know, yeah. the yeah. last case, worst yeah. case scenario. And yeah. I'll be more of a pacifist because I have it, yeah. right. and because you don't wanna, I know yeah. I have a final solution. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'll like walk away or walk around like past couple of years, a couple of different times, like at Walmart, mm-hmm. like this guy was like pissed at me mm-hmm. for no reason. Mm-hmm. And he thought I was looking at him and I was thinking, you know, and he's like, you know, like, what are you looking at? You know, like, like this. And he had a hood on. And it was hot outside. Yeah. And I'm like, I wear hoodies when it's. I hot. know. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I know crazy. <laughs> and and he kept coming towards me, and I kept walking away because I can shoot him from my purse. Mm-hmm. And he just kept showing up wherever I wanted to be, and I just like went off the other direction. Mm-hmm. And then I finally go down this aisle. And he comes and stands between Chantal and me in the aisle, mm-hmm. and I need to get something that's there. I told you about you him. You did. Mm-hmm. He was like, I was just like, I kept looking at his hand because mm-hmm. I'm like, this is like a, this is like a shooter. Mm-hmm. No, I looked to see what they're doing with their hands, mm-hmm. you know. And he was just, and I finally said, I, you know, I need to be behind you. I'm gonna grab that, mm-hmm. and he just stood there. And so I just meekly came around mm-hmm. and like grabbed it, didn't confront didn't say shit. You don't need to. For what? No. For what? I got the fucking gun in my purse. (laughs) I don't want this situation. Yeah. You know, let me stay out of your way. Mm -hmm. I think women think about it differently. They do. Because sometimes, I don't know if you've noticed, here, the guys who were the six shooters. Oh my goodness. Like outside. That's ridiculous. That is ridiculous. Like, I don't need to know what you got, cowboy. Literally, like, I'm going to get boba. Yeah. You're out here slanging, and I'm yeah, like, yeah. like, bro, it's not that serious. We're getting, we're getting fruity beverages. Like, <laughs> <laughs> come on now. You got exactly. a pistol? What's up with that? So, yeah, I forgot that. Mm-hmm. And the guys love that about us mm-hmm. because they find it to be, her guys, mm-hmm. they find it to be very unexpected. Mm-hmm. It's a good conversation starter. Oh, man, it's <laughs> I tell you what. And the other thing that I did when she got that job, because I told you guys I love to study, I'd find out what their hobbies were, and then like fly fishing, fishing or whatever, I would come home and study. So that the next time I went by with whatever, I could talk to them about their hobbies, which is why I became Her Majesty. But they don't know I came home and studied. They're just like... You just know everything. She knows a lot about it. <laughs> <laughs> they just know a little bit about everything. And hunting. Well rounded individuals. Yeah. I wanted them to have her back. Yeah. I mean, they have to be willing to rescue her. Mm-hmm. I don't want them to feel like, you know, I've heard them say about people, unfortunately, about a couple of different women, that they wouldn't piss on them if they were on fire. Yeah. I don't want anybody feeling like that about you. No, no. 
But some people got bitches for wives. I mean, that's true. That's just how that is. And they come in there like they running something, and you know, and <laughs> sweetheart, this ain't this ain't that, that party. Was taped. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fact. Don't don't <laughs> like accidentally release it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. Don't get hacked. That's why we you know you get. That's why you have two or three of them. Two or three wives. <laughs> oh yeah, that's why they ended up with that many. Same. They're trying to get a better one. Just saying. Yeah. Is yeah. that what it Just is? Just saying. But you know, you can't come in the firehouse acting like you're running something. You don't even know nobody. Won't shake nobody's hand, and you know, I'm just here to drop this off. So, okay, see Keisha, you yep. quit that right now. Okay. Yep. But people have come when I first came on, answering the phone as a new guy, FNG, friendly new guy, friendly new girl. Your job is to answer the phone at all costs. You jump over people, elbow people out of the way to get the phone, right? That's one of the dumb things we do. So me being who I am, good afternoon, this is fire station number seven. How can we help you? Oh, is Keith there? May I tell him who's calling, please? Oh, his wife. Hold on one second. Keith, phone. Hey, honey, what's going on? Yeah, that's the new girl. She's new. Yeah, she's a she, yeah. Juliet, uh-huh, yeah, new girl, mm-hmm, she just got here, today's her first shift, mm-hmm, okay, okay, love you, bye, click, ten minutes later, <laughs> wife drives up, ding dong, <laughs> there she is, that's pretty Don't funny, she got a life too, dude, I'm like, ain't you got a job, are you thinking stand-up comedy as you're watching her, absolutely, like, when you retire, you set theater, let's see it, that's what I'm telling her, but stay people, they think the worst of you. And they don't even know you. You know what I mean? It's like, dude, why would you come? But I, I understand, because people- It has happened. It has happened. It <laughs> continues to happen. Yes. And some of them are quite handsome. Mm -hmm. Some of them not so much, but some of them are quite handsome. And yep. you know, you put on the t-shirt and the uniform, and I call it the coochie coupon, <laughs> right? You walk around with that uniform on, people be like, hey, there you go, okay. <laughs> 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 Free coochie, right? <laughs> they like the uniform. I'm thinking stand-up comedy. I think when she retires, she but keeps not saying that particular thing, I'm but I'm thinking Let's it. see it at the comedy club. I can't, do, yeah. I can't do the hecklers, man. I get so upset with oh, the hecklers. Oh, you can do it. You can make that into comedy gold, mm -hmm. though. True, true, Very true, true, true. We'll see. We'll see. Well, this brings us to our final you know, question. Yes, ma'am. You know, aware of time. We don't mm -hmm. want to keep y'all all day. Mm -hmm. This is just fun. But um, the final question is just what advice do you have for the younger generations? Y'all got so much wisdom. You've lived through so much. Which is the younger... Like us? Like identity? Like straight everybody? Mm-hmm. Like all the younger generation or a specific group of the younger generation? Um, both. One or the other. Whatever okay. you feel comfortable with. How old are y'all? I'm 21. I'm 19. 20. Um. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I would say find the gift of every situation. That would be my advice. No matter how bad it feels in that moment, look at how it strengthened you. Look at how 
It makes you take care of yourself better. So that would be my advice. I'm gonna say, just live. Just live, do your thing. When you find something you dig, just do it. Someplace you wanna go, go. Somebody you wanna hook up with, hook up. <laughs> I mean, is car you wanna drive, rent a car and drive it. You know? Rent the car. Rent the car yeah, and drive it. Don't buy it. Don't buy the car. Don't buy it. Rent the car and drive it. You know somebody got the car you want? Hey, can you take me for a ride? Live. Go some places. Meet some people. Do some stuff. You know? And it's not that serious. It's not that serious. You know? It's like people want to be real serious about life and it's hard and it sucks. Okay. Hold up. Things can be a challenge. There are things that will be difficult. There will be things that you won't like. But... Put your head down, do what you gotta do, get over it, and move on to the next thing. It's not that serious. A bad time is a bad time, and you're gonna have them. And keep living. And a Buddhist monk said if you get 50 50, 50 joys, 50 sorrows, that's a good life. That's a good life. Yep. Just Some live. people have less, but you know, 50 50, one out of two. That's a good I'll deal. Be all right. Mm hmm. Just live. Enjoy yourself. Get a giggle. My, my goal for the rest of my career is to get a giggle every day. Yep. Just one. Just one giggle. Laughter is medicine. It is. It is. And you know, it's like some shit people want to hang their hat on. It's just not that serious. It's not that serious. Just do. Be. Enjoy. See. Taste. Touch. Feel. Explore. See shit. Do some shit. It's so beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> 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 is it nice out here? <laughs> <laughs> it is. Some cosmic vibes happening mm. over here. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, I've been um, doing this thing. Uh, I love to read. I love to study. I read every day. I read newspapers from all over the world. Like China, Russia, Iran. Like, you name it. I probably read, like, 20 articles a day. And I came across this article <laughs> that in the year 2100, y'all still may be here. Maybe. Yeah. We'll maybe. See. We'll be gone. Mm -hmm. Speak for yourself. <laughs> um, European countries and the West are going to be competing for Nigerian immigrants. For workers. Because they're going to be the number two population in the world. India's going to be number one, and white women ain't having them babies, and you can't make them. <laughs> no matter what you do, it's not going to happen, and we're not going to have workers. So this whole thing where people all like racially freaked out and real concerned about becoming a minority, mm -hmm. like the battle is already lost. Yeah, it's been proven. <laughs> yeah, it's like lost, okay? That person won. It was... It wasn't us. And I find when I remember that, I just don't get as whipped up about what's going on every day. Mm -hmm. Because it's already over. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this is how it rolls. Mm -hmm. We're having two babies. They're having 5.5. It's done. Can't catch up with that. Can't catch up with it. Mm. So... Live. There you have it. Live. <laughs> live your life. Live your life. Mm. Yeah. At the end of the day, be healthy, be, be happy. Be healthy exactly. and happy.
Find you a good hobby and carry on. Yep. yep. Hobbies are fun. They're and we're awesome. really fortunate because we're talented. You know. So I think we're fortunate because of that. Here, here. Because some people just don't have that. Mm-hmm. You know. So they don't know what to do when there's COVID. Because they don't have anything that they can do just kind of sitting there. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Are you all vaccinated? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, thank God. Yeah, yeah. They require it for so now I can call, now I can say when I call them COVID idiots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Huh? But I always have to be careful what I say. Mm-hmm. As we all do, yeah, Miss Thing. You good? You good? Yeah. You feel Thank like you, so you got much. what you needed? Absolutely. Absolutely. I feel like I got way more. Yeah. Okay. In the best way possible. Yeah. Good. Like, good, good, good. What I wanted, Thank what I needed. So <laughs> awesome. Anytime. Mm-hmm. So you're going to be a teacher. I sure am. Memphis? Yes. Which is apparently a really good place to retire. Oh, wow. Well, see, we actually, we we're going to move out there two years. We actually want to retire here or move here and eventually retire here. So. And is your wife from CC? Um, yeah, she is, but she's actually from Minneapolis originally. Nice. So, yeah. Minnesota is she black. is she black, white? She's biracial. Mm-hmm. She's Mexican and white. Oh, okay. Cool. You're single? Mm-hmm. And you're going to grow up to be a... Undecided. I just okay. started. Or like a bunch of things. Yeah, yeah. careers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's a plan. I'm thinking... Maybe environmental science, environmental studies. That'd be cool. Okay. But we need that. The climate is changing, well, contrary to common belief. Mm-hmm. That's why Dude. I don't even wear anymore. It's all gonna go. It is. Downhill, so. Yeah, I mean, humans may die. Mm-hmm. I mean, the unfortunate thing would be like a nuclear. Yeah. Like warfare. we're like this close to a nuclear war right now, <laughs> and people are like worried say. about yeah. a jab. Yeah. I'm just like, no, <laughs> we're flying around with yeah. nuclear weapons <laughs> in our B two bomber. <laughs> you know, like what do you think? And they're all remote, and yes. there's drones, and yep. they're just like, yeah, you could be at the mall, and yep. who knows what yep. happens. Yeah, that's a fact. But to, that would be. Yeah, I was talking to a friend of mine about that. That would be a drag. I mean, humans are just kind of not that great and terrible for the planet but if it was nuclear that would take out all the animals yeah but if we just really did something wrong, else right. that didn't hurt the animals then we would just like disappear the planet will rebuild itself yeah, it will. you know we we're just not all of that yeah it's true <laughs> but yeah. nuclear would be kind of a drag because then because they didn't do anything yeah. And you're going to grow up to be a... I want to be a professional footballer. Oh, nice. Yeah. A professional For real? what? Yeah. Soccer so- player. What? Soccer player, yeah. That's exciting. <laughs> yeah. It's, that's what Yeah. You got it like that? Is there anything to keep you from doing it? Sorry? I'll take Spain. Is there anything to keep you from doing that? That you can think of? No. I really want to do it. That's my goal. That's awesome. And you're healthy, no injuries. No. So are you You got it like that? Are you that good is what I, she's saying? I've actually played for Morocco. Oh, okay. National team, that was fun. That's so you awesome. do got it like that. Okay. So. Okay. Why are you here? <laughs> Why are you not in Morocco? <laughs> okay. You're going to get the education as the backup. Exactly, yeah. as a backup. Plan B. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. That's your plan B. Mm-hmm. Huh. That's cool. That is cool. How many pull-ups yeah. can you do? 
<laughs> God, I don't know. It's been a while. <laughs> no, <laughs> Probably a few. <laughs> Would you look at me? No, I'm looking at you because she came in doing more pull-ups at the fire department than anyone in the hundred-year history. <laughs> How many was it? Uh, fifteen. Three sets of fifteen. Mm -hmm. Wow. And more push-ups. Mm -hmm. And the fastest time in the fitness test mm -hmm. than anyone in the history of the fire department. Right. <laughs> I didn't know until years later. Nobody they told me. <laughs> they didn't want to tell you. <laughs> they were embarrassed. Yeah. <laughs> they were embarrassed. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Until years later. Yeah, but she's had a couple of knee surgeries, so we kind of came to the point where athleticism or finish your career, get the retirement that you wanted, mm -hmm. and then work out more. Not like we want to go and get the knee thing, because she doesn't tell me. And then she'd be like, um, my knee's puffed up, and so we like go. The doctor's like, okay, let's have surgery tomorrow. <laughs> I'm like, I had scopes. I had one scope on each. Yeah. So. But so that's no more awesome squatting. that you don't have any that you don't have any injuries. That's yeah. Touch words. It's huge, yeah. Yep. yeah. It's huge. Yeah, it's huge. That's uh -huh. cool. And I didn't get injuries till I was over forty. So you got some time. Yeah. I broke my ankle at seven, so I was <laughs> <laughs> I think you're over it now. <laughs> yeah, I am. I was to say, I was like, how did you go how many years to like do that? Yeah. Like it's amazing to me. I was always getting hurt. So like how do some people just make it, you know? Yeah. So. yeah. That's awesome. You guys are great. I know. Thanks. Good job. This was better than I anticipated. Mm -hmm. It's good to hear. Yeah. <laughs> that's really good to hear. Well, I wasn't sure I was going to be relaxed, uh -huh. you know? Yeah. Once you start talking, so it's kind of scared. Yeah, you do pretty good once you start talking. Yeah. Yeah. There's if you need anything else, let us know. Of course, we're sending you pretty vain. We're sending you pretty vain picture. <laughs> that's what we want. That's what we want. That's what yeah, you're yeah. getting is vanity. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Oh, something.